Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi everybody, it's Marsha, and we got a great show today. One guest, unusual, one one at a time, and uh, it's going to be Danielle Lincoln Hannah, and she'll be out in a minute. But I just wanted to say a couple things before um, we start. Uh, our hearts and prayers go out for Ukraine. I cannot believe it's still going on, and they say it's going to go on longer. So um, it's very sad, and we're just hopeful that um, that war ends. And um, sometimes when I do this show, I'm shocked at always some of the bad, you know, things that go around the world. We have to keep talking about it because we're not done with COVID yet. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of things. So we have to be happy to be alive. And, you know, I think people are saying just, you know, try to be nice to each other, which is a good thing. So I'm hoping people, after two years being with COVID and now we're watching everything with Ukraine, that people could be try to be nice to each other. That would really help. But I, I can't. There's nothing I can do about that except wish for that. And um, so there's also on my site. I think I have it where it's the Authors for Ukraine. Uh, it was started. Um, few weeks ago it's an auction and there's a lot of writers like 170 i think and then if you bid on their books uh the books are sent by the author whoever wins the book but all the money goes to you know ukraine it does not go to amazon or the author and all of the authors in it pay for the mailing so it's all anything you donate or it's lots of authors and so you can go in and check it out and bid on a book, and it might be somebody you don't know, but it, at least it will be, you know, a donation. So that's a good thing. I think it's over next week, though. Okay, and let's see. All right, um, I will say my shows for next and if you last, because I always forget to do that, and I probably shouldn't. Okay, um, next week is Paris Afton Bonds. She's been on the show before. She has like 50 books. I think she has more than that. She's very interesting, so she will be on. And then after that, the next Thursday, after that, um, we're going to have one of the Hollywood shows again with um, talking about Gilded Age and Downton Abbey. We've been all been waiting for that one. And we will do Handmaid's Tale again when the next season comes out because that was a success. People love doing that. And then uh, as on that day that we're having Gilded Age and Downton Abbey, I'm going to have another show right after that uh, about mindful resilience. And Christy Lindsay Hager, who does shows with me um, about emotional things and things that we need to do to help ourselves, uh, Kat Ohm will be on. She introduced me to her so she will be on so we will have a double show in two weeks okay and that's it i'm going to let danielle tell you all about her and then we're going to have a discussion on many subjects hi danielle how are you i'm good thanks for so much for having me oh i'm glad to have you so tell everybody you know uh, just you have a very interesting project going here you have a whole series and this is really interesting so tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your series Sure. Um, so yeah, I'm an author. I have a series of suspense novels, four books out so far, and a prequel novella book five coming out this summer. It's called The Mailboat Suspense Series, and it's set in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is right outside your backyard. That's right. <laughs> Not that it's close, the, close it's enough. A, it's close. It's pretty close. close Even enough. I can go there. Right. I'll travel it's there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and it's basically the story of a found family who are overcoming um, some deep-seated past emotional trauma 
while a series of murders are ravishing their, their beautiful tourist town. You know, and yeah, I, find it inter- it, I find it interesting that, you know, because when um, I found out about you, it was quite interesting because you're not even from Lake Geneva. I happen to love Lake Geneva, and I do have my series, mm-hmm. uh, Warrington Family, There, that series goes back and forth in Geneva, Lake Geneva. So yeah. that, w- that was so interesting. <laughs> you lived, you don't yeah. live anywhere near it. <laughs> I well, I mean, you do it, you know. But and what made no, you? No, I don't. I mean, I, I don't live you know, anywhere near. That's why I thought it was so interesting. Oh my God, we go Lake yeah. Geneva, well, no less. Exactly. I I like to tell people when they ask. I like to say that the mailboat came and found me. Not yeah, sure why, but I could think be. It did. <laughs> could be. Um, I'm originally yeah. I'm originally from uh, North Dakota. I'm currently living in Western Montana. When I was in North Dakota, when I when I first kind of encountered the, the series idea. And I was actually just uh, bored out of my wits one day, flipping channels on TV. And I saw, I wasn't sure what I was looking at. I saw this, this big boat that was cruising along a lakeshore. And I saw these kids who were jumping off the boat with handfuls of mail and putting the mail in boxes that were on the piers. And this, this big old boat wasn't stopping. It just kept going. And the kids had to turn around and run back and try to get back on that boat before it was gone. And I was like, yeah. what am I watching? <laughs> right, because right. that so does cool. happen sometimes because you keep, when you're flipping channels, you don't actually know what what you might find, yeah. apparently. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was riveted, and it was like this whole, I, I don't know, maybe 10-minute segment about the Lake Geneva mail boat, and they explained that it was tradition there, this was how, they delivered the mail back in the day. They didn't have good roads around the lake. Everybody had a lake house. And they asked to have uh, a boat that would just deliver the mail like your mailman does. And they were like, yeah, we can probably work that out. And they've been doing that continuously for, for over 100 years now. And when I, when I saw it and kind of figured out what this was, it, it so captured my fancy because I love travel. I love writing about unique things. And I was like, oh, this, this is great. And yeah, I finished watching that segment, turned off the TV, and by the time I stepped out of my living room, I basically had the, the basic elements of the story in, wow. place in my head right then. Yeah. Uh, it does look like the mailbox found you, because really, that sometimes doesn't happen. You get the whole story <laughs> from just watching something, but then sometimes it does, apparently. Apparently. Um, yeah. I well, mean, there's well, certain, it's, and it's a vast series, so I wouldn't say, like, all the parts popped into place right then, but, like, the basics. Right. We're just right. there, and it, it's not usually right. that quick, you know. <laughs> right. Well, sometimes when you have the setting and you know, you know, and you've seen something, it just all—it seems to come to you when you actually see it, you know. Yeah. Which yeah. Yes, we'll get we'll get into that because that's like screenwriting when you see it, and then that's what you mm. see on the, you know, and that's you know, I don't think people understand as much as if they're watching TV, and they are writers. And sometimes, yep. all of a sudden, you'll be watching something, and something comes up that you need for a book you're doing or a story you're thinking of. Yeah. And it's right, and you, it's not about what you're what you're watching. It just it triggers something. That happens to me a lot, yeah. and that's why I take notes a lot because I'll be watching something, yeah. and I'll go, oh, that goes with something else, you know. But I think yep. so. It's not just when we're authors; we are always looking. Yeah, something. and I think for creative. Yeah, creatives in general and storytellers in general, I think there's a part of our brain that's always, it's like a satellite dish that's just yes. scanning yeah, constantly. <laughs> yes, for me, it, right, because it, people it that don't write don't get it. Because honestly, Probably, it yeah. just, I don't know what that is, because then sometimes it just, like something happens and it just hits that. It's like, oh my God, this yeah. will fit where I need it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we don't know where that's a coming lot. from. Yeah. So I did you go to Lake Geneva in, then? In... Did you go right? Did you go to Lake Geneva soon after that, or just? Yes. Well, not did. soon after. I I kind right. of started tinkering with the story idea for about the next five or so years. <laughs> oh well, that's <laughs> a while. Just, that's a while. <laughs> yeah, that was a while. I just kind of had the story in development, and um, I, at first I wasn't going to make it specific to Lake Geneva. In in past experience, when I find something unique. I go and research it, and I can usually find at least half a dozen instances of whatever, whatever the right, thing is. You can is. do it right. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's a lake. Yeah. 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 It's a lake. It's a boat that delivers mail. If I found one, there's probably a bunch of others. 
And I was just going to kind of conglomerate it together and come up with an average, so to speak, or, or a version of my <laughs> right. own. No, I get it. I totally um, get it. I, it's true. Yeah. And when I started doing my research, I found out that there really is no other boat that's doing exactly what the Lake Geneva mail boat is doing. Wow. Uh, specifically, like there's there's other boats that will take boxes and bags of mail from one town to right. another town that's really remote, and they'll drop yeah. it off at the post office. And mail delivery is normal from there on out. This is right. just about the only boat I could find where the boat is delivering to the house. And you have people who are leaping from the boat, and it's this whole ballet going on. And I couldn't find that anywhere right. else. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I guess, I guess I'm only taking notes from this boat. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and right. Well, there, so, so you're saying so the boat delivers it along the lake, and the people just come to get it? Or how do they do that? Well, do they come there, or the do they lake, just leave it at like a, like you know, what is it, if you, like a mailbox or something that they go to? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just so it's right off everybody the lake. Everybody has or... their, everybody has their pier. If if you live on the lake and have lake access, yeah. you have your pier, and you have the option to say, hey, I want mailboat delivery. And if you sign up for that, you put a mailbox on your pier, and every pier has a pier number, wow. and the the mail jumper will just step onto your pier and put your mail in your box. And then and then jump off your pier again, and you wow. just can stroll down to your pier and get your mail. Wow, it, it, yeah, it is an it's an interesting cool. concept to, to when you really think about it. You know, yeah. In the winter, it must be insane though, because it's cold. I mean, well, in, in the water, how do they do it in it, the winter? I wonder. In the winter, they do revert to to road delivery in okay. the usual yeah. fashion. Yeah. Um, it's, it's cold. It's really something they it's cold. The lake freezes over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they really they only do it for the tradition. They wouldn't have to do it, but it's just right. a long-standing tradition at this point. Yeah. Well, I think a lot. You know, a lot of things are tradition that we don't even know about. You know, some things seem like mm-hmm. oh, you know, we're you know, some like I'm in Chicago, so everything is very you know, <laughs> Chicago, New York, L.A. They're different. Yeah. But if you're in different places. Yeah. Life is not the same. Is it like you know, no. like I write a lot about Chicago, and like people would say, like, oh, you're writing about, you know, they're walking on Michigan Avenue, they're having hot dogs. Why are you doing this? I go because that is what I <laughs> I see when I think that yeah. from the, even the past when they did that, you know, uh, yeah. you know, we used to there, there were stands of you know magazines and stuff. I mean, so Michigan Avenue had that, you know, and yeah. but other places don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and so every yeah, place has, is unique, and you don't realize that yes. until you're thinking about it. But I think it's good. Exactly. I don't travel a lot, but I think yeah. I have a lot of people on the shows that really travel, and mm-hmm. their writing is different because they yeah. can, they actually see it, and they're there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's there's nothing better than that. So I mean, those are I agree. those people write a lot of books because they are in different places and because people are different all over. You know, the accents, yeah. not even the accents only, but just oh, the yeah. way we act, you know, and do things. It's different. And exactly. some of the words that we use, like in Chicago, somebody mm-hmm. else doesn't use, you know. And yep. I think people have exactly. to, they, they may think, oh, this book looks weird. Look at what they're saying. But I go, that's how they talk. You know, so it's exactly. not. It's just, you know, and I think people don't realize that as much. But, you know, it mm-hmm. is, that's the fun of writing. So it appears that you are enjoying mm-hmm. that because you've got a whole series totally. going here. <laughs> and exactly. And I've, I've been to Lake Geneva many times at this point. It's kind of become like a second home by now. Yeah. And, um, and to speak just to that, you know, like differences in location and stuff. Like I grew up in a yeah. small Midwest town and so I was expecting things to be uh, like I would, I would go to Lake Geneva and be like, oh, small Midwest town. I know how these work, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when I got there, I was like, oh, no, there's there's a lot here that I feel is different from my small Midwest town. Right. A lot, yeah. It has a, Lake Geneva has a much stronger Chicago influence. It's the first place I ever had a Chicago dog, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right, um, right. Right. When the when the tourists are all up on the weekend day drive, like they're from Chicago, and you have to be very bold crossing the street <laughs> if you're on foot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it is. But it's true, though. I mean, even though it's clo- like it's not. I mean, it's not really close. It's you know, it's it's a ride, but it's very beautiful there. And I, you know, yeah. that's the one thing that I think about it. I mean, it's just, and I don't swim or anything like that. But it's just when you see, it's just nice. The houses around there, they're beautiful. Yeah. Some of them, and it just really is a pretty place. 
Yeah. That's why I was very interested really to see why you did that. When I know, you know, because it's true. You know, some things that people never see, you know, and mm-hmm. Lake Geneva does have a small feeling, but it's popular, mm-hmm. very popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, in the summer. Very crowded. Yes. Well, I was, I was also, I was just there last winter for Winterfest. Oh, you were? Ah. And I was. It was great. And so that's like um, a Hallmark movie. That's a Hallmark movie because oh, yeah. Hallmark, yeah, Hallmark movies, you know, are they're all set in small places. And I'm thinking everybody yep. has this greatest bakery, <laughs> great bakery. Yeah. They yeah. all have little restaurants, and not a lot of yep. places have that. So it really is. Yeah. That's Hallmark constantly does that because people oh gosh, yeah. kind of want to. They want to feel that. You know, especially in the winter, you get hot chocolate, you can do all that. So I think yeah. all those are things that sometimes people in other places don't have, but small towns do. Exactly. Have. Yeah. And, like, I mean, there's the, the small town quaintness of Lake Geneva, and it's also very pristine and very well kept. Um, yes. But yeah. but it, at the same time, it can also have, like, it, like if you're out and about after dark, it, it's a very vibrant scene at that time of night. Which you don't yeah. get in most small towns. <laughs> right, right. No, but, that's true. You know, people that's are still out at, at the restaurants and, and, and trying out the bars and things, and so there's still a lot of activity going on even after dark. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's a very fun place, too. Yeah, and it's cold. It's, it's Wisconsin, yeah. so it's cold. I mean, it's it's not warm. In the winter, yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was very cold when I was there. And I'm from North Dakota, so. <laughs> right, so, right. It's not warm there either. If I right. said it was cold, it was cold. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. All right, so look, some of the issues that you wanted to talk about, you know, that your book, you know, entails, did you want to discuss some of that, mm-hmm. you know, with us now? You know, some of the yeah. things that, you know, you feel are important to discuss. When you go out, have you been out with your, you have been out with your book, but do you have discussions of why you did what you did or why you added certain things or do they ask you about your life and things like that when you go out? Occasionally. Occasionally, and it's it's something that I haven't um, like some of the deeper issues that I go into in the book. It's something that I haven't talked about too much yet, and I kind yeah. of was coming to this point where I was like, I feel like I should. I feel like I should start talking about some of the topics in the book that are in fact more personal to me. Um, okay, which one because, do you want to? Talk, you can talk about it here. So talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let's do it. Get you, you know, um, so the main, to get you in the mode yeah. of doing this, so you can, when you go out, you know, if this is really important to you, then you should do it. I, I agree. Um, yeah. The main character in the series is a teenage girl named Bailey. She's a male jumper. She's one of the kids who gets to leap on and off the boat. And in the story, um, she she's in foster care. She's in a very bad placement. Her her foster father is both physically and sexually abusive to her, mm-hmm. and um, I don't control what I put into the story. The characters kind of tell me what they want. And I remember as she started unfolding this story to me, I was like, ooh, this is this is deep and a little close to home. <laughs> yes. Well, all right, so you, 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 you let your characters go. Is that what you do? I mean, I do yeah. that too. I let the characters, oh, yeah. you know, because as you write, and I'm sure now that you're doing the series, whatever you started out at the beginning, you know, she's grown, you've grown, you know, and so mm-hmm. when you're telling her story, naturally you get to know her. You know, you, this is a character yeah. you made up, but you still have to know your characters. And so it oh, comes yeah. out. Exactly. Yeah. And what I learned along the way was that um, my story and Bailey's story have a lot of deep parallels, but they're not identical. I did not grow up in foster care, but I did grow up with um, a mother with mental health issues. And I was not physically or sexually abused, but I was... Um, mentally, emotionally, psychologically abused for the yeah. first 26 years of my life. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. That's long. That's a really long time. I have, I'm only 34 now, so right. I've still spent more of my life in abuse than out of it. Yeah. How do you feel that you've and grown that out of it now? I mean, did you have help or did you, did you do it yourself? Or even writing this book, did that help you? Oh, so many answers to that. A lot of work myself, a lot of help, um, definitely yeah. a combination. As far yeah. as uh, help goes, there were certainly, I eventually began to recognize and identify people in my life who were maybe a little more healthy and a little more stable than yeah. um, the people who had raised me. And I began yeah. to trust them and kind of open up with my story and, and explain to them what had happened, what was going on. 
and having those people sort of rally around me and be like, uh, yeah, no, that's actually messed up, and we're going to have to get out of that. Yeah. Well, well I, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people, you know, this is a major problem out there. I mean, it is, you know, and yeah. not one that people mm-hmm. talk about all the time. And, you know, it like you're saying, 26 years, that's a long time. Yeah. But, exactly. you know, now you have and a different career and a different path, mm-hmm. which is good for you. And, you know, oh, it's so good for me. Um, writing has always been my therapy. And before, like, one of the reasons that I was uh, – that I was able to be abused that long was that my upbringing growing up was very isolated. Um, I was homeschooled. My mom and my stepdad used that to control our environment. Wow. And because of that, I didn't really have other people to turn to or even other like families to compare to and like see how other parents, what they were like or have other influences. I didn't get to have uh, like teachers or coaches or, um, like uh, friends, parents, or anything to show me what family was different. Be like. Right, right. Was different. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't fully understand, uh, like I understood we were different because we kept away from people so much. I didn't understand that that was or could be wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, right. No, that, because, right. I mean, when you're a child, a child just goes what what the parents do, you know. I mean, when yeah. you're little, you you don't know any different. And sometimes, until you grow right. up, you don't realize what happened when you were a child because you didn't. It was just your life. It was all you knew, so that it was your normal. You had no point of comparison. Um, so yeah, exactly. But growing up, um, I, I was a writer from an extremely young age. I learned how to read and write when I was and I started writing stories immediately. And eventually, especially starting in my early teens, I started writing stories that had some really, they were always about relationships and oftentimes about parents and kids. And I began to realize that I was kind of giving myself the families I wished I had. Yeah. And I have no I, idea yeah. how I concluded what a what a good, loving, supportive family did look like. Maybe just through some of the books I read or I don't know. Well did you watch T V or these, did you watch Very Limited. Very limited. Um, you know, based, very limited. The the T V we were allowed to watch, the movies, the books we were allowed to read were all yeah. very carefully vetted and limited. Um so I think I think at least some of them managed to show me what what family could be like. Um, and then I, from there, I think I kind of springboarded. And, and maybe you were just smart enough to catch on. That's all. I mean, you know, you were smart enough yeah, to maybe. click and go, this is not right. Yeah. And some people aren't. So. Some people don't get out of it. But it, it's great that you did yeah. because you realized it wasn't the way you wanted to live. But you created exactly. a character with those, you know. And so I think, you know, sometimes through writing, you do learn different mm-hmm. things. And I think, I don't think, you know, I think one of the things about writing is you delve more into people than normally other people might. Because yes. you're a, a writer looks at someone and talks to someone, and in their mind they already are getting a story. Well, right or wrong, you yep. do. But if you're <laughs> yeah. somebody else, you might not do that. And I, you know, sometimes I wonder yeah. what other people do because that – <laughs> is is different because when we see something, we automatically look at it differently as writers. And everything exactly. that happens to us, then, you know, you can go back when you're a child, you might not have known it, but then as you're writing, some of your writing mm-hmm. comes back to what you were as a child because it you're not, oh, yeah. you don't normally delve that much except when you're writing characters, they're people. Yeah. So the characters yeah. you pick come from us. doesn't mean... We agree or we like what was happening, but that's what comes out of us. Can't help that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, my brain is a giant hopper that everybody funnels into, and then they kind of go into the salad mixer and somebody pops out, and usually it's the, the, the character that I, that I end up with is a, a mix, and I can kind of see, oh, you got this from this person and that from that person. Yeah. Yeah, it's not right. Right, it's not that one person. It's a mixture. I I agree on that too because I think that's true. It's a mixture of different qualities, Mm -hmm. you know. But everybody has a lot of a lot of us have 
many things inside of us that do come out in writing, mm-hmm. and we don't mm-hmm. even know that. And so I don't. I think that we are yeah. different people than others, but a lot of people don't realize. And sometimes you don't ever see it, and sometimes you do. And then when you look at it, mm-hmm. you can make a change. But some people yeah. don't go that far into their life, and that's they really yeah. don't. They don't want to, and that's okay for them. But sometimes if you go deep in, it might not be all good because sometimes you just choose not to remember certain things, I assume, for people oh, if yeah. they've had oh, yeah. bad things happen. <laughs> right, right. And yeah, yep. you're an example of that. You probably didn't say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to set out to do this. It just turned out that that's what you it appeared in your writing. Yeah. Yeah, when I started developing the Mailboat series, it, it, it kind of took me for a ride. It took me a little while, and then one day I just kind of realized, Oh, I see where this is all coming from. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, right. No, because sometimes when you're little, you just don't see things. It's not, it's just how yeah. we are, you know. And when we're in grammar school and yeah. high school, sometimes life goes fast, you know, and we don't always see what exactly right. we did until we look back sometimes mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we remember something that triggers yeah. it and then it comes back. Exactly. And so that's what makes your writing go to your heart. So one of the things I put yeah. for the show is basically when you're writing from the heart, the story is better. Oh yeah, I totally agree. You and know, and, and I, for for a time I was for a time I was doing um freelance editing for other authors as well. And I, I remember specifically there was um a woman who came to me with with her story and I I read over her manuscript and you can kind of tell oftentimes when it's when it's coming from personal experience. Yeah. Um, I think she straight up told me. And she said, you know, I I want to turn this into a really good novel that's going to move a lot of people. And I I kind of sat her down and I said, we can do that. But I'm not just going to edit your words. I'm not going to fix your commas. If you want a story that is really going to move people, you need to dig deep. And I said, yeah. I need to know, first of all, that you have a support group if you want to do this. No, you're not going to be a doctor there, you know, when you're writing this. Because you, you don't want anything you know, to happen. I, I, you want her to, yeah, right. Because yeah. I, 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 I was like, I, I can, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I, I was like, I want to be very, very sure if you want to go here, we're going to go deep together. But I need yep. to know, I'm not, I wasn't in the same city she was in. And I said, I need to know, is there someone that you can turn to at any moment and just and just have a cry fest with them? And she yep. said, yes, I do. I said, are you ready and willing to go to a deep yep. place yep. and bring it yep. all back to the surface again? And she said, yes, I am. I said, okay, then we can do this. And, yeah, and she because that's she true. Amazing. Yeah. No, because I, I remember one time I thought, oh, I would like to write a lot of women's stories. So I had several women mm-hmm. come to my house individually, and we talked about their past. And, oh, my God, I, I didn't do the book because I had no idea. And I was friends with these people. I had no idea. And I thought, oh, I don't know that I can do this. And I'm afraid. Yep. They were crying in my house. I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, I don't think I can do this because I didn't oh, want yeah. anything to happen to them while they're going back yeah. in their life. Oh, you yeah. know, and that it, does happen. Be... Because when you do start looking, you're saying deep, deep, you got to dig deep. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you do, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. yeah the change it was smart of you to tell her to get somebody willing. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wanted to make very, very sure that she did because, like I said, I wasn't in the same city with her. And, and I needed to know that she had people who knew her story and who were very much there for her and to support her. So, yeah, that part's really important. So did she ever, did she finish that, the book? Know, did you, the book get finished? I don't know that she has published it yet. I think yeah. I I think one of the things that she took away from working with me was that there are a lot of skills involved with writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, well, <laughs> and at every point I kept telling her like she kept having these deadlines and I kept telling her make it a good book. If you want this book to move people, maybe extend right. your deadlines, right. work on your skills, get it to that point where where this story right. will move people. That, that was yeah, see, that's, that's the thing, right, it. That's right. because you have to get the story right, you know, um, yeah. or it doesn't sound right. Yeah. You know, because exactly. people's lives are very complicated. I mean, they are. Oh, we yeah. all are. Oh, I mean, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I think I mentioned to you when we talked before that I did a survivor story, and um, it's her mm-hmm. story, not mine. 
So um, yeah. we went. I went there every day, and you know, we talked about it. And it's yeah. her words, not mine. So I've seen, right. and I've mentioned this many times on my show, that I've got a, a couple bad reviews about the fact that they did. They thought the story was done too childish. And then, but she was hmm. in the concentration camp. She was like ten to twelve. She was young, okay. Mm-hmm. And it was coming mm-hmm. from her, not me. Right. And right. so, why it would be that way? Because she was seeing it. Because you don't see the same things you do at ten as you do at forty. You just don't. Right. Exactly. Or thirty or fifty or whatever. And so, what you're saying is true, though, because to push all of this out. When you get older, it's very, it's tense. It's very intense for people to do that, and not for everybody. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it, that's why it's hard to kind of ever did the point. book. Um, I believe it's something that she continues right. to work on. We still keep in touch yeah, somewhat, right. and as far as yeah. I know, she continues to work on it. Yeah, because it's not that yeah, easy. So I think some it. people, you know, probably when she thought of the idea, it was like, oh, maybe I'll do this. But then you realize, very well oh, maybe you know, <laughs> I, I think she did get a proper understanding of just how much work was involved. <laughs> yeah. Really? Um, oh, is there work involved in yeah. this? I know. It's, a it's, bit. <laughs> you know, it is. You know, and I've said this many times that even in a book that's not great, it's still hard to do. But some authors say yeah. it's not hard, but it depends. If you're writing fiction or if you're writing nonfiction, sometimes to get that story mm-hmm. out is not easy. Like you're saying, so you know, mm-hmm. and so you, when you started your story, you didn't know what would happen. So on your series now, so you evidently feel better about yourself now. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say deciding to write this series is a very good decision for me. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm revisiting a lot of things from my own life, and, and it's a great opportunity to process it all. And one of the best things about it is, like, even though. Um, it's not it's not a, a completely parallel story to mine. There are enough right. similarities. And when, when people read it and they talk to me about how they identify so strongly with the character and how they're rooting for her so hard, um, coming from an environment where I was gaslit a lot, it is so yeah. validating to hear people say that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and there's a yeah, lot of healing just right there, you know? <laughs> So, I mean, I'm not, I've never really loved homeschooling. So, I mean, mm-hmm. because I think it's good when kids get out. So how do you feel about that yeah. when you have children? Are you going to be homeschooling or right to school? I'm pretty sure I won't. <laughs> okay. Um, because I, you know, because like sometimes I, people fall into the same pattern of their families sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, exactly, even though yeah. they may not be good for them, but, because I do yeah. think it's good, and, you know, so you're starting your life, at, you're young, you're in your 30s, but you're mm-hmm. a whole different person than you probably were when you were a teenager. Definitely. I'm, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. No, um, no but, define... but, you know, and that's good. So I think if you probably, I, you know, when things get better and schools have author trips, you know, people coming, mm, yeah. I think, you know, teenagers would probably be really a good audience for you. Yeah. I, I have, interestingly, uh, most of my marketing so far has been to an older audience. But That's it has an ensemble yeah. cast. And, yeah, and everyone who has picked up the book, whether they're male or female or young or old, they've found a character that they identify with, um, which is well, highly that's always unusual. Good. That's yeah. very, right. And right. so I'm and actually very really good. excited. Yeah. Just Yeah, I'm really excited to start sharing it with more um, teen readers because it does have that. Yeah, because teen readers are excellent audience. They are. And they also, yeah. you know, they're open a lot of times, and it makes oh, them yeah. feel better. And right now, coming out of COVID, mm-hmm. a lot of teens oh, yeah. need some help from other people yep. other than just doctors. They have to know that there's others like them, you know, um, yeah. It's not that, you know, you always like to know, you know, when somebody else is having, a, if you help, if you're writing a book and you're helping some people confront things in a good way, I think that's mm-hmm. really a good thing, you know, because yeah. it, 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 you don't know when, when kids are little or when they're teenagers, whatever, you know what books you might have read or the ones you didn't read and you could mm-hmm. read now, but yep. they enjoy reading about other people like them. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, they do. Because it's hard, hard to be a teenager. It's And it's got to be yeah. really isolating now because of COVID. Yeah. You know, and yeah. everybody says, oh, this group is, there's every group came, during COVID came out of it in a different way. And yeah. the young teens, it's very hard for these young teens because you're supposed to be having fun and enjoying your life and staying in for two mm-hmm. years is never yeah. good. So no, I think you'll have a you know, very some, big someone, Yeah, you're probably right. And, you know, and as someone yeah. who, like, I, I specifically kind of regret the loss of, like, um, things I could have been doing in my teen years in my early 20s and, like, that specifically is that time of life when you're supposed to be kind of like branching out and exploring and yeah. trying new things. And for me, that was extremely limited. And I, that that's a big regret of mine that I didn't get to, you know, spread my wings a little Well, you do now, but you can be out now because, you know, yeah. you're out <laughs> a different way and you can be helping people in a lot of ways, you know, just yeah. because it happened to you, you understand. And sometimes kids you know, are better off talking to people that something happened to rather than saying, I know, because you don't know unless you've gone Mm -hmm. through it. You know, people say, oh, I know this. But that's not really true because the person that it happened to really does know, like you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you should look at it Because I think you'll be helpful to a lot of, (laughs) yeah, I I really do. So, you know, and the other issues that you want to talk about because it's important that you get it out. So what what are the things would you like to say, you know, to people out there uh-huh. when, you yeah. know, because this is, uh, this is going to go, you can put this on your website or whatever, so they know about you. Okay. You know, this Very is a hard true. struggle for you, but you did it. <laughs> so true. Um, no, gosh, you know, the thing that was just thing. rolling through, yeah. No, the thing that was just rolling through my mind right now, I was like, you know, I think it's really important to – to make sure to include some definitions of what abuse looks like. Because okay. as noted, I did not realize when I was a kid that I was being abused, or even when I was in my early 20s or my mid-20s, I still didn't realize that that's what this was. So I think so what, what, steps, things, what, what would you tell people about that? What, I would tell people that, that yeah. a big red flag is anytime that someone is trying to control your environment and specifically control... Um, who you get to talk to or how often you get to talk to them, that is not healthy behavior. Yeah. Um, if uh, if they're looking to keep you in the house at all times or if they're looking to make you feel guilty for being yourself or pursuing your own interests, yeah. that's not healthy yeah. behavior. Um, if they are making you question yourself, or disbelieve your own thoughts and feelings. That's called gaslighting specifically. Yeah. And that that's another control technique that they can someone else can make sure that they're they're dominating you and your options and what you can do with your life. And uh, that can go the, for women and men, both. Both. It can, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, um I had a brother who went through the, the same home life that I did and so we, we talk frequently and we kinda compare a lot of notes. And in some ways, our experiences are identical, um, but there's a lot that we both identify with, including all these things I just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think, and and for guys and men, they're 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 not as open sometimes as women are. Mm-hmm. And did did you have friends to talk to, or did you they let you see just one or two, or did you have none? It was extremely limited. My my brother yeah. had one friend when he was maybe eight. Years old, something there, whom um, he, he lost because my mother broke up with his friend's mother. Their friendship fell apart. Um, I did not have a friend to speak of until I was 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Wow. And I kind of managed to nab her just before we went into a, a, a more deep layer of isolation than we had before. Uh, specifically, we used to be, uh, we used to attend churches and we'd been to a few different ones. And um, I could kind of read the tea leaves, and I felt like we were going to pull out of another church, but this time just stay at home. And yeah. before that happened, there was, like, this one girl that I thought was just cool and fun and amazing and a lot of common interests and stuff. And I managed to make friends with her just before we went into that isolation. And wow. I, I feel so, so lucky that I managed to keep her relationship during that whole time, um, yeah. up until about my mid-teens, I think. And... But yeah, and I that that 
friendship fell apart eventually too, because my world was so broken and messed up and, and she was beginning to feel that and sense that. And my mom was starting to make demands on like her and her family too, that didn't make any sense. And yeah. so that eventually fell apart as well, which was really crushing, honestly. Yeah, it's you know, so, I, I think a lot, a lot of people don't realize that parents, you know, when they do things like this, it just affects the kid. I mean, you know, and they're not even mm-hmm. thinking about it. You know, they just want them mm-hmm. a certain way, but they're not thinking about yeah. the future of you. You know, so you are obviously yeah. you have a boyfriend now, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. So, I mean, that's one of the things I want to talk about because I don't want to forget this. You have a you have an exciting announcement about your screen, you know, play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, why don't you just and, talk yeah. about that for a minute? I don't want to forget that because that's important sure. too. Because that this would be something good to see for on the, you know yes. you could see you could see something like this on TV because it could help people because people mm-hmm. do get help yeah. when they watch things mm-hmm. on TV. Exactly. So it's a, yeah, it's a competition so, um, that you you and your boyfriend went through. Yes. Yes, there is. It's a still active competition. We're trying to get to higher rounds right now. Um, so it's called the the ScreenCraft Virtual Pitch Competition. Um, and we went ahead and pitched the idea for a TV series based off the Mailboat Suspense series. And we made it to the semifinalist round. And we are now it's being... So good. Um, I know. We're, I'm. I'm really excited. Um, my boyfriend does a lot of uh, screenwriting. He already has two semifinalist wins with another script he was working on. And now we're trying to see if we can make it to the finalist round, and we we will know next week. And yeah. Well, <laughs> if you don't get there, there's a lot of other contests. There's a lot of contests. So you're starting, you know. Yeah. Uh, in a good way because a series is what they. That's what they look for these days. And I looked at mm-hmm. what you were, you know, I looked, I was on the website, and the people that are in that are good judges. Yes. I, I know who no, they, they are, you know, very... I, I know they've been around, <laughs> right, the company. Yeah. I did look, you know. So, because mm-hmm. that's the other thing with you don't know who's in the competitions, but it looks like there's some good people in that, you know, that are yep. judging. And that's a good exactly. thing. Exactly. But I think, you know, it when is, you have a, a series thing. now, which you do, you know, and you mm-hmm. can – you know, like Virgin River came out of, you know, something like that and things like that. I mean, people are very much, you know, they love series now. This is it. This is what's yeah. happening right now. So one book yeah. isn't probably enough, but you've got a whole series, and that's a good thing. So it's possible that that could be something that they're looking for. Which would be great. It would be delightful. I'm I'm very hopeful. <laughs> Right, you know, and right, and so you do have speaking. So, what kind of engagements are you thinking of doing? This, you know, this year. Oh, there's always my my summer book signing tour in Lake Geneva, which will happen in August. That's um, good. Well, I'm sure they yeah, they love I, to have I, you because it's Lake Geneva, right? They like that. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I, when I was there last winter, I was there primarily for uh, a research trip, but I did do one public event while I was there, and that was in February. And I, I was really blown away by how many of the fans came out to see me from like two and three hours away, and I was like, "Wow!" Wow! They, they were spending six hours on the road that day to come and see me. So, <laughs> all right. So you're I saying that, you're, that the initial age is not just a t- they're they're older then. It's not a it's not just a you know yeah. It, you're diff- you're reaching like, multi generation. Yeah, like my, my I think primary readership books. right now. Yeah, my primary readership right now is women ages 65 and older. But I have a lot of really? men who read it too. Yeah, yeah, actually. It's an ensemble cast. I've got characters of all different ages. There's a great suspense plot. There's a great uh, romance plot. Um, but yeah, and, but I don't know, I don't know what, I, what I did, but <laughs> most of them are women. But I have a very strong showing of um, of men who read it too, and I have it's a very great. strong reading of teenagers who read it. So it's it's very multigenerational. That's good. So you're hitting out all audiences, which is good, right? No, because you know I think a lot of people they go, oh, men don't read this. That's not true. I remember one book signing. Yeah. I did this is so many years ago, but I remember some guy. I had a book called Love Changes. So some guy mm-hmm. said to me, you know what? I think I would buy your book, but he goes, but you have love yeah. in it. I go, so. <laughs> 
you know. And he says, oh, I can't buy a book like with a title like that. I go, okay, I always remember that. He just says, oh, I can't buy a book with love as a, you know, as a well, title. Geez. But, you know, it's, a, you know, but, you know, and I think a lot of times people don't realize, like, um, that men do like these stories. They're stories. Yeah. You don't have to be a woman. Oh, yeah. You know, that's one of the things that's yeah. really not the right thing because it men are interested in lots of different things. And they like good yeah, characters, exactly. too. They like family. They like all of those things. <laughs> so I think people, because when I see some reviews, they're men, you know, and I'm thinking, right, yeah. you know. So it's, yeah. it's a good audience, but it, when you can get the teen audience, it's a better, it's a best audience, for, I've heard. You know, yeah. it's a really the good, they're, they're loyal. They're so enthusiastic about things. Yes, and they're loyal. Oh, yeah. And so, especially yeah. with a series, it's important for a series that, you know, if it's, you know, liked by people, then they like it when you have more. They really do. So, I mean, yeah. I think, and oh, your yeah. marketing, I've seen your marketing plans, and they're good, you know. And so you are also yeah. on something which I didn't really know about before is, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's a lot of things out there the, that um, people don't really realize. It's that Pathanon. Is that what it's called, Pathion, or uh Patreon. Patreon. Okay. Do you want to talk about that yep. for a minute? Because I didn't hear about Absolutely. that before. It sounded like a word yeah. I might have heard, but I never, I, when I clicked it, I went in and I saw what you were doing. This is sim- similar to like a Vela that you can, you're showing mm-hmm. your chapters. So tell everybody how you found that actually and what made you do that. So, so I'm a millennial and Patreon is actually extremely popular in my generation. Yeah. Um, so I've been I've been trying to introduce it to my boomer audience and I've had some takers and it's been delightful. Um, in a in a nutshell, Patreon is is inspired by the the uh, medieval idea of patronage, where if you were a lord or a lady, you took great pride in supporting the arts and you would have your your painter or your sculptor whom you paid a living to so they could make their art. Um, Patreon decided to take that and come up with a more modern model for it. What they do is. Um, as a creator, I can post maybe like uh, bonus content or early content or something like that. And every time I release something, my patrons will chip in a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever they sign up for. And it's just another way of supporting those artists you really, really love and really want to support. So there's a lot of people on that, apparently. Uh, Patreon in general, there is it's very a very popular platform. Okay. And um, I only started mine recently. I would describe my following as tiny but uh, impressively enthusiastic. <laughs> See, but I think that, having, you know, so if if I were starting all over again, I would go for mm-hmm. that because I think mm-hmm. it's really important. You know, um, I started writing many many different genres, which isn't always, you know, mm. in my best interest because I, I'm i too all over the place. So I'm trying right now to stick to, you know, romantic comedy, whatever, and doing that series, but, and having a few other books also. So I think you have an audience, because getting an audience is really mm-hmm. good because they're waiting for you. Yeah, And, exactly. and they're not, it's picked you know, really, it, yeah, go ahead. It's only going to work if you already have an established audience that loves what you do. It's not yeah. a great place to go to just start out because it's not a, a great platform for discoverability. But once you have those people who are super enthusiastic about your work and who are hungry for more ways to support you, it is so a great So you started platform. by doing that, but what did you do? Advertise it then afterwards that you, or mm-hmm. you just went right with it because you already had fans? Um, because I already have fans, I, I just I, I decided how I wanted to structure my Patreon. And for me, it um, as I write chapters every week, I release them as I write them. And people, instead of having to wait forever for me to finish a book, they get to read it. They get to be right up to date with me and where I'm at in the story. Yeah. And then I just, I went ahead, I've got a lot of people on my newsletter and on Facebook, and I just let them know, hey, I'm, I'm doing this thing over here, and I would love it if you joined me. And See, I think I, you, I, really, I think the way you've started your career going is a good way for success mm-hmm. because you started it with a newsletter, with everything right off the bat that, you know, yeah. a lot of us from years ago or whatever, it's piecemeal. 
And because I feel in my own, mm-hmm. you know, and I've talked to a lot of people in my own type of, you know, doing this for years, we are mm-hmm. bits and pieces everywhere, and that doesn't yeah. work good because you're everywhere yeah. but nowhere. So you have to be yeah. consistent, and it looks like that's, you know, if I were to tell people, which I am right now, <laughs> saying that this would be a good thing to do to start out <laughs> with everything right away, not just because people say, oh, wait for this. Well, you can't. You have to do this right at the beginning because yeah. you don't know who your fans are, you know, until yeah. and you, like I, continue. I took the Yeah, I took the advice of marketing my book, my, my book before I had, finished writing it <laughs> yeah um no that's at the a good time thing. i just ran a blog yeah i ran a blog talking about what i was doing and i'm so glad i did because when i finished that first book in my series i already had um a small but very excited group of people who couldn't yeah. wait for the book to come out and i went on a, a book tour that year i'm self-published um i have my own publicist who sets up my tours for me and you know i was very much afraid that no one would come to my event and that proved to not be the case because I'd already been talking about the book for two years before it came out. And I had right. people at every one of my events. See, that's, see, that's also something that's really good. Because, like, I always, when you, I watch a lot of TV. So I think sometimes mm-hmm. people, they start advertising something months in advance. And I keep thinking, what yep. are they doing? But then it works <laughs> because you oh, don't yeah. get everybody at once. So I mean, if you no. if you're starting out, it's a great way to do it that way because you don't wait till mm-hmm. the book comes out. You wait to get people interested in the book. Yep, I do. I do a I think, lot of my own sales. There's a lot of different avenues where people can get my books, like Amazon or their bookstore or whatever. Yeah. I also do a lot of direct sales through my website, and yeah. uh, it took me a few book releases to realize this, but it dawned on me that my most popular product every year is the one that isn't finished yet. So I'm big into collecting my pre-orders the whole time that yeah. I'm working on the next book. That is my top-selling item, the one that's not even yeah. done yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought what you did, so, I thought yours, you know, so if people, you know, it's on the, you know, the show page. I have all your, you know, um, everything about, you know, all your little links out here, which are really good because I think that if you're new and listening, a lot of people are new and listening or not knowing what to do, I I think revamp your existing work because Facebook is Facebook, but it doesn't do what it did when people started 10 years ago. And Twitter doesn't do what it did when people did it five years ago or seven years. Mm -hmm. And Instagram is already, you know, everybody and their brothers on it. So, I mean, the problem Mm -hmm. is, is getting specific readers. That's what you want. You just need people reading your work. See, everybody likes and likes, but that doesn't do anything for anybody. It's a like, so what? And they don't even now on Facebook, (laughs) they don't even count. You know, you don't even see it sometimes now. And people are scrolling. They Mm -hmm. don't count for scrolling. So sometimes you look, you go, oh, five people see this? And then that's not true. A lot of people have seen it. They just aren't showing you that. And you have to continually market. Yeah. And so I think what you've done, you've systematically arranged for uh, readers to find you and to wait for your work. Mm -hmm. That's what every author needs, people waiting. And so I think think, even if you you said it's a long time, they're still waiting. Oh, yeah. And then you have some idea who your fans are. Oh, yeah. I try to put out a book a year. Um, And there's been occasions where something happened and I had to wait sometimes a whole extra year for that release to come out. And, of course, you know, I I had a lot of nerves and butterflies thinking, like, oh, I'm going to lose, like, you know, half these people who wanted a pre-order or whatever. And that has never been the case. It's just... Oh, I have an extra year to collect more pre-orders. That's how it always yeah. played out. <laughs> yeah, I think I think well because I, you know, I've I've seen your marketing, how you're doing it, and I think you've got it all out there. And you know, so I think that's good for people. And I think a lot of people listen to my show; they've done their work for years. But I think myself included, I'm as soon as I finish this book that I'm doing, it'll be the second in the series for my Warrington Legacy. Mm-hmm. Then I will. I do about a book a year. I want to do more, and I'm going to try to do more. I don't know how people do so many. <laughs> try, you know, <laughs> but I I can't because I have to know my character, know everything that's going on, and yeah. if I'm not happy with, I have to get rid of it and redo some of the things. Yep. I think that's mm-hmm. one of my problems is overwork. 
because I think <laughs> it's probably better if you just go through the story instead of going back and forth. But then you get to know your characters, though, by when you yeah. keep, I'm sure that's what you do. You, The longer they brew in your head, the more things and notes you have on them. Yeah, like I'll, it's nice to just sit down and like write a, a draft, write your sloppy copy. And then you can have a yeah. notion of where is you were trying where to go going. the story. Then you can go, you can go back and, and put in all that depth. I always write short and edit long. My first draft is like half the length of the finished draft. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's just so much to discover along the way. And yeah, I and I think you know, know and I don't know why. I mean, your books aren't 400 pages, so I think that's a good no. thing. You know, um, mm-hmm. I don't know why some people leave reviews or say something it's not long enough. I mean, because if it's too <laughs> long, it might be boring. <laughs> you know, I exactly, mean, exactly. Yeah. I don't. I feel like I like to do novella type, and I'm doing one a little longer than maybe. I don't know, but I kind of like that. <laughs> and actually, if I've said this before on the show, if people Hollywood, if they were out going to read your books, they're not reading 400 pages. This I'll tell you. This is not yeah. happening. Yeah, <laughs> they'll read smaller Give books. Me synopsis. <laughs> yeah, yep. they'll read smaller books, and and yeah. they'll if they like the character, yeah. then they're interested. And so I think people, exactly. what they have to work on is not making the longest book ever, but making your characters good enough for people yeah. to see them and vision them, you know, in mm-hmm. their reviews or whatever. And let's before let's talk also about reviews for a second. All right, what's your? Sure. I, I ask most authors this because it's really devastating lately how I see that people write reviews that are totally ridiculous to even bother to write and why would they do that if they don't like the book that much forget it yeah and like i think what do you think think, um there are i think there are valid negative reviews when they're when they can be like you know i didn't like it because of this um and that's fine people are entitled to their opinion but it is hilarious when you find a review that you're like how is this relevant like I know they right. they leave a bad review because their their postal delivery person left it in a strange place and I'm like yeah yeah well, yeah thanks for giving me one star for the quality of my yeah. book you know I just don't know why they do that I really you know I I don't it's really it's it's not helping anybody and if you really hate a book and you didn't finish it well then do mm-hmm. not leave a review <laughs> because you didn't finish the book it the book has a beginning middle and end true. True. You know, I mean, I, I think it's okay. Yeah. You know, I oftentimes read the the negative reviews on a, a book or a product or whatever. Um, sometimes what other people say, I didn't like this book because of X, Y, and Z. And I'll be like, oh, well, I'm actually really into these things. Thanks for telling me that this book has right. that. <laughs> right. Right. Because yeah, you don't know. I mean, that that's really the truth, you yeah. know. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. I think that what people need to do is just be honest with themselves when they're a writer is just they can take it i mean we all can take these things so i think but if somebody doesn't like it after they've read the whole book it's fair you know or but for picking out little things i don't see i think that's very bad because it's not anything you know that anybody needs to know if you didn't if you didn't finish the book then how do you know this whole story (laughs) so true i mean there are other you know yeah, it's a bit odd. Um, and then because sometimes some don't you read a book where, and then by the end of it you go, oh, this is good. They put it, this all works now. You know, I can think of one off the top of my head. It was actually by Charles Dickens, and it had like three oh, sections to it. And I read the first two. Yeah, I read the first two, and I was like, this is actually really slow, really boring, and not catching my interest. And by yep. the end of Act Two, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! Now you've got my interest." That's exactly so right. See, that's it. You have to give the person time, you know, because it does take time to tell a story. And I think mm-hmm. what happens is they want it to be on the first two pages, and that doesn't work. Yeah. All the time, you have to yeah. read it, you know. So I think those are the things. Yeah. But I think you're geared up for, you know, a good success because you're systematic in what you're doing. So what would you? What else did you Here. want? Is there anything we missed here that we? Um, you know what? I wanted to make sure. I don't know if this is the right time to put it, but I want to make sure that I do um, have an option for people to pick up the first book in the series for free. And I have a link for oh. that. Do you want me to explain that now? Yeah, sure. Is it on one of the sure. links that I right. have here? I'm just wondering. In the I believe it is. It should be in your show notes. I think I already saw it in there. Um, but okay. you want to go to 
daniellelincolnhanna.com forward slash okay. Michigan Avenue. And you can okay. get a free copy I got of the one I in my series okay. there. That, yeah, I wondered okay. why you didn't. And, yeah, okay. All right. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. And it's also on the yeah. show page, you know. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's right on the show page. And I have it, you know, where they just click it and it works. So you're going to give them a free... Free copy of Mailboat Book One. It's called The End of the Pier. And, yeah, people can go ahead and just, just uh, get a free – it'll be an ebook copy that they can download and, and enjoy right away. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. You know, uh, when a person certainly writes a series and they, you know, just, you know, even if it's something that you might not have read, you know, anything like it before, try it. I think that's one of the things that I like about my show is that I never really – you know, knew much about horror writers, even though I did write a horror script with uh, my editor, Jeff. We wrote it years ago. Mm. But I have all yep. these horror writers on, and they're they're great. Mm. They're so interesting. And so I never closed my mind to erotic or anything. And I think sometimes if mm-hmm. you read a lot of things, you're surprised at how good they are. Yeah. You know, and I think you have to open your mind. Yeah, it, reading is so good for that. You're just broadening your horizons, learning new things. Um, I <laughs> I have uh, someone who's in my writers club who um, always saw herself as like a like a fantasy author, and mm-hmm. we're going through her most recent novel that she was writing, and we were kind of looking at her and being like, "Hey, uh, you do realize you're actually writing romantic fantasy?" And she's like, "I'm a romance right. author." Like, right. Yeah. See that's it. See, see, right. You can be a multi-type of author in in the same book, mm-hmm. and so oh, yeah. you can attract it's somebody. Because in horror books, there's love stories. I mean, I've learned so much by doing yeah. the shows, you know. And I, mm-hmm. you know, the erotic stories. I wrote Virginia Templeton after I had like all these writers on, and they were so much fun, mm-hmm. you know. But yep, uh, and they were all erotic. <laughs> the writers, romance authors I didn't are even fun know some, I didn't even know a lot of this myself. <laughs> So I had a lot of these writers on. And you have to just mm-hmm. open your horizons that way by just saying, oh, no, I don't want to read this. You know, that's not true because you never know. It, the writing, and, you know, they're so interesting. When I, I Sometimes I don't even write that horror writers are on the show, just go writers. Because then they'll go like, oh, I don't want to yeah. hear what they have to say. But writing is kind of writing, you know. It, it's universal yeah. to me. And every author yep. that's on it, no matter what they write, we all kind of think the same way in what we do. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's not about what we write. And similarities. Yeah. Yes. So I think you know all your links are there, and I hope you'll come on again, and maybe you'll join one of the groups because I think you might like if I have a, you know, some of the groups that have on abuse maybe and things like that because mm. you know it's always interesting you know because we're reaching out in different you know which I'm having that self reliance you know we're trying different things you know I am because I think people after these couple of years they really need to yeah. hear from different types of people that have been going through trauma. And I think it helps them, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you know, um, so, yeah, you know, I'll let you know. I will be have absolutely somebody, So if there's a topic you want me to specifically have, let me know, and then we'll mm-hmm. find a group and we'll just talk about it because I really do think it helps people when they hear other people, you know, with similar absolutely. situations. To know that you're, yeah. not, that you're not alone. You're not the only person who's experienced this. It's huge. So I yeah. kudos to you for bringing this uh, to the forefront for people, and I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm glad you came on, and I think it'll be very helpful for those that listen. It's and it, you can put it on your webpage, and it'll be it's on iTunes afterwards, and Black Talk Radio keeps them on for years, so that's a good thing. Nice, you know. Yes, if somebody catches it, you know, right? Because you know, you never know, and I think that you know all of these issues. You know, I prefer to do this lately because I think you know there's so much sadness and unhappiness i think you know it does help people so i'm interested in doing that right now you know i always have been i mean i worked for doctors for years and i worked in hospitals so i think you know and i'm really conscious now of how people aren't nice to each other so i'm hoping yeah that this could change some people you know think about it and just be nice to people it doesn't hurt yeah you know, yeah. and I thank you so much for coming on because I know you've been through a lot, but I'm glad you got to talk about this because I think that you'll be very helpful to to people out there, you know, and especially the teenage market. So 
that would be great for schools. So I hope you decide to do that a lot. I would love to. I'm gonna I'm gonna be yeah. working on that. <laughs> yeah, because no, because that's a good thing. Because they need help. I think they do. And you know, you can't always yeah. talk to your teachers or your parents. Sometimes you need to hear it, mm-hmm. and then you know what your options could be. And you, you know, exactly. you're working on you. you look at, like- you worked on this whole series, and you and you were homeschooled, and you moved on. So that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think you again. Hard, but it, it's so much better yeah. than being stuck. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. I, I believe that, you know, and I think you've done a great job in explaining it today. So thank you so much, and you're welcome anytime. So just let me know if there's something you want to talk about. Just email me. Sounds good. Thank you so much for I'm having open. me on. I appreciate I'm it. I'm open. All right, take care, and good luck with the contest. Let right. me know. I'm sure I'll see All you. All right, thank you so much. Right. All right, bye-bye. All right, yeah, you will. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody, and thank you for listening. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.